You're listening to the EVs for Everyone podcast. My name is Elena Ciccatelli, an award-winning automotive executive, and I'm so excited to introduce you to some of the most dynamic thought leaders the EV economy has to offer. Listen in on honest conversations I have with the leading electric vehicle experts and uncover critical insights that will help you jump ahead and stay there. The electrification race is officially on, and these conversations have never been more important. So whether you're an automotive executive or just an EV enthusiast, this is the podcast for you. Let's get started. A little bit more about you and a little bit about your background, your story, and what brought you into this electrification industry. Thanks again. Um, so Ron Rosenfeld, I'm uh, managing the activities for drives, which we'll talk about in the U.S., I am actually an Israeli. I moved to the States around seven years ago with my wife and two boys. And um, working at a software, a software as a service, the SaaS for many years, I think over 15 years. As soon as I had the opportunity to join these great revolutions that we see around us, around the mobility and the energy, I was so excited to join. And now, you know, after almost two years in the industry, I'm still very excited because you see around us, you know, how things are evolving. So this is great. And I'm happy to be part of that because as we'll talk about, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a big ecosystem that we need to support. It's an ecosystem, but we're all collaboratively figuring it out and working together. So I love that. What is its mission? What is it doing? What are the super cool things that are happening at Drives? Perfect. So Drives, and, and uh, I'll do the quick pitch. Uh, Drives is a company that started almost 11 years ago. We saw the two revolutions coming. One was the energy revolution that we see around us, and we'll talk about you know some of the concern challenges around greed to support the EV charging revolution. And the other one is the mobility one, and we see around us you know people are going going green, going EVs, and you know uh, the big companies, the big OEMs are committed now to EVs and so on. We saw that. And we decided to go with a digital platform. So our founders coming from the telco revolution, the telecommunication one. So they saw what happened back then, 20, 30 years ago. And we knew that in order to support that effort of huge amount of EV chargers, you will need a digital platform that will be able to support the scalability, the stability flexible enough to support different places where people will charge. So essentially, we are an operating platform for those large EV charging networks to allow them to support the drivers wherever they charge, home, residential, multi-dwelling units, gas stations, gas and oil, uh, utilities, and of course, public charging networks, and any other places, fleets, anyone that will manage charges will need the ability to in a good way to be able to operate those huge amount of chargers, because those are not just gas stations anymore. It's totally different. And we'll talk about the different things that we see. I love to storytell on the show, kind of bring out the examples and the stories around the technology. So of course, with public charging, let's just take public charging infrastructure. Let's just like pull on that thread a little bit more. Some of the challenges that you're seeing, I know the stories that I've heard now, like over the years, I pull up to this charging station. It doesn't work. What am I going to do? I got 10% battery. Walk me through 
the challenge, but then also to how you see the solution coming to light. No, absolutely. I, I like the, you know, the example you gave about I have only 10% charging and so on. We are working very strongly in the, in the Nordics, for example. If you are in the middle of the winter and you have 10%, that's an issue. That's an issue, right? So that's why, <laughs> that's why it drives. We started with the operation part of things, right? We developed abilities and capabilities to support large amount of chargers, but also developed, for example, a self-healing mechanism and algorithms. So we know how to fix about 80% of chargers' issues automatically, remotely for sure, right? Way before we even notify the operator that is using Drive's platform that, hey, you got an issue. If we know how to solve it automatically, we just do that automatically. Now, how do we do that? I mean, self-learning, of course, algorithms, um, healing, healing those chargers. With the experience that you gain over the years, you learn about those different issues. Now, it's not only hardware issues. It could be communication. It could be billing related and other things. So we know how to fix them and fix them. And then we allow the operator to remotely look, hey, I've got an issue with a charger way before the driver arrive and then remotely reset things this way or another, right? And take different action remotely, even push firmware to update the charger itself via the drives platform. So those some of the things that we started with in order to allow the driver a seamless journey. Because the driver right now, they know, you know, gas stations, I'm, I'm going in a couple minutes, putting... Here is some interesting thing that I, I just realized recently. In every gas station, right, even if you have 10 pumps, you have a person, a physical person to support it. But now if you look at public charging networks, you know, Drives Drives is working with EVgo. EVgo is a known largest DC fast charging network in the U.S. It's using Drives backend since 2017. I don't know that there is a person, person physically at a charger. So you need to develop those tools in order to allow them for a better reliability uh, network, reliable network. I love that you tell that story because then that brings it back to the consumer, brings it back to the end user customer that was sold on the fact that owning an EV is going to be easier, right? But then it's in the wild and it's out there and I'm living life and I really actually want it to be easier. I know at your session at Move America, you uh, you talk about a little bit about grid resiliency. Are we ready for this additional input of electric vehicles? Your take on, on what that is. Absolutely. So if we are starting, as we said before, at the operation, right, allowing the driver to uh, have a seamless journey to, to charge and so on, then you need to look at do we have enough energy to support that, right? And when I'm talking at conferences like MOVE, you know, sometimes I'm amazed by the fact that some of the colleagues, you know, um, not really understanding the greed challenge, right? You cannot just decide that outside of this venue today, I'm going to place 200 chargers. No. It's not supported. And you know what? Good luck with the working with the utility. It will take you, you know, maybe two years to change the infrastructure, to build it. And it's very costly. You know, it's very expensive. So what do we do when we're going to a site 
right? And there is not enough energy. So on the software side, the drives platform looked at it and decided to come with different solutions. For example, one of them is the ability to create a survey per site and build a topology of the site on top of the software. This is live data that our customer can see the site, see who are the chargers over there, what's their capacity, what is the renewables that are available inside? Maybe there is some solar, wind. Is there a battery storage over there to support the site, right? What are the other consumers that are already there, like buildings, HVACs, and so on, look like? What's the consumption look like? And what is the limitation of the grid? When we know all of that and we put it on the software, then you can assign smart energy policies. So, for example, if you want to put 20 charges over there, but you cannot exceed X amount of kilowatts or megawatts per site, you can assign those policies via the drives platform and say, hey, do not exceed XYZ, or spread evenly the amount of kilowatts, or maybe first in, first out. Even prioritize. Remember, some of the thing with the software, the greatness of the software, you can even create priorities for the drivers. So the drivers have the drives white label app, right? And then if they have a high priority, maybe they can get energy better than or before others. We have, of course, reservations that can help with that as well. Those are software items that we added over the years. So building the topology allow us to do that. You will see more and more battery storage supporting sites, right? From several reasons. A, I don't have enough energy. But what about the energy cost? The energy cost in the U.S., the demand charge, is high. So nobody want to get to a high peak. So with those policies, energy policies, you can also shave the curve and lower the costs, we can do that as well. So we allow that and different other um, smart algorithms to support having those charger and with the limitation and constraints of the grid supported. Remember, as a last part, you know, software, we are dealing with technologies. We have to be ready and we are ready at Drive since we are pioneer in this industry with vehicle to X, so vehicle to grid, vehicle to battery, the bi-directional um, uh, of, of the electricity. And the other part is, of course, supporting spot pricing, because even in the US, you'll see the time of use, the different cost of energy. So we can make decision how to support our drivers, but also when to charge a battery storage on site, when to discharge it and so on. Maybe buy it at off-peak and then sell it when the peak hours. And we allow our customers that drive to be able to work at the flexibility market the entirely, meaning to support back the utilities to stabilize the grid, if you will. I'm glad that we talked through that because it is such an important component that you're right, a lot of times it's overlooked and maybe a little bit taken for granted. Maybe not here in Texas because all the like the... <laughs> The crazy things that happened in Texas with power, but that's another episode. Iran, tell me more about what are you really excited about in this EV ecosystem in the next year, in the next five years? Yeah, great. Thanks. Uh, thanks for a great question. I think that when I see the innovations around, um, and, and not only drives, everyone, right? You look at a... Uh, uh, better models of EVs, electric vehicles, right? Uh, a cheaper one that people can afford. You see the technology around battery, right? A better range, you know, work on the uh, range anxiety and so on. 
We see the innovation from, from our side, from the Drives platform. So we talked about, of course, reliable network and operation, etc. But also looking at the driver. What else can we do for the driver so it will be easier choice? So if we can allow the driver an easy way to charge, supporting them with, a, with an app, right? But then... You don't want to download 20 different apps, right? So add the roaming components over there. So it drives, we did the largest roaming agreements, for example, EVgo, ChargePoint, and many others, you know, since then, because that was like five years ago. The driver should use one app and then roam and seamlessly charge. The education around driving an EV right now, I think is big. And it, that excites me as well. So I think that even conversation that I have with, with friends that are going EV right now to explain to them, hey, maybe only when you'll get your first electric vehicle, you'll understand. So, for example, we see, you know, over 90% of chargers, charging will happen at home. And only later on, you know, workplaces and then other places while traveling and so on. So the education part is interesting. And you you can actually actually see right now the industry shaping the behavior of the consumer. That excites me a lot. And I'm happy to be part of it with a very innovative company that I work for. I couldn't agree with you more on the EV education. And you're doing your part today on EV education because this is going to be published and thousands of people are going to be listening to this. So... Thank you for your insights. Thank you for for being a part of this industry and bringing your talent and your expertise. I love it. Any other really cool things at this conference that you're looking forward to, to seeing or doing? I think that uh, the conference is great. It's great to meet a lot of, you know, customers, colleagues, partners, prospects, and so on. So this is great events that we have. Uh, that you see how the industry is being shaped. And I wanted to thank you because what you do is part of the ecosystem as well. So thank you for having me here. Aran, you are too gracious. And no, I did not pay him to say that. So <laughs> thank you so much for your time. This was awesome. Thank you so much for listening to the EVs for Everyone podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and subscribe to the show and leave a five-star review with a comment. We read every single comment, so thank you in advance. If you have an idea for an upcoming episode or you would like to be a guest on the show, go to EVs, the number four, everyone.com slash contact. That's EVs, the number four, everyone.com slash contact. Until next time. Keep charging forward.